Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So, thank you so much for all of your support. I know it's a weird time that we're in now. I think this is what the 21st of October when this is being recorded. We are officially going into lockdown in Ireland. Um, but the biggest thing that I've tried to implement during lockdown is trying to read a lot more. I was doing it beforehand, and my clients will always know me as someone who kind of quotes random books and throws back random things uh, at them through books and stuff like that. So, I'm super, super excited to have Ed Cunningham, which is a need to read on Instagram. Uh, Ed is based over in the UK and he has had some incredible guests on his own podcast. Uh, the likes of James, the likes of Shona, the likes of our very own Javon uh, on the podcast as well. And it's it's great to see someone who actually enjoys reading and trying to push that out on, onto people as well. So Ed, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you holding up, man? Good. Yeah, it's... it's... It's all right here, apart from the weather and the cold. Like I went surfing yesterday, that didn't fill me with confidence for the winter here. But I'm I'm out of here soon, so that's it's good. I've I've got hope for hope for next month. Yeah, we're we're talking off air. Ed's Ed's book somewhere, and I'm I'm kind of jealous. I might have to take him up on his uh, the offer that uh, to get out uh, if before possible. But Ed, the, the kind of the biggest things that kind of like a lot of people do struggle with is kind of saying that they don't have time to read i know it can be more difficult for those with kids mm. um and i don't think we either of us have kids uh not that i'm aware of anyway yeah um, i don't know of any <laughs> yeah so i think the biggest thing for people is that they say they either don't like reading or they haven't got enough time to it what tips and stuff like that that you brought into your own routine would you advise to someone that's trying to get into it i think when you break down the amount of time that you're given every day so everyone has that 24 hours each day if you maybe you take eight hours out of that for sleep, if you're lucky, but let's let's pretend you're not sleeping. So you get 24 hours a day. One percent of that is like 14 and a half minutes, I think. And I always say if I'm going to be harsh, I'm like, if you can't dedicate one percent of your day to reading and personal growth, then it's time to just have a look at your day, break your day into 15 minute chunks and find that time or wake up 15 minutes earlier and read as soon as you get up. It's the biggest thing that's changed for me is rather than having like I during for the last like three or four months, I've kept my phone, both phones, like I have a work phone, I have a personal phone and kept those out of the room. And instead of waking up and having like, I think some stat I saw was like the equivalent, when you open up your phone and go onto social media straight away, you're basically trying to take in like 130, 150 different newspapers worth of information as soon as you open mm. up your phone um but i've tried to create a routine now it's as soon as you wake up or try to like get the mole eyes off you but try to like re even read three to ten pages and that was yeah. one of the tips that Sinead, who i know you've had on as well was like start small it's like anything mm. it's a compound effect over time another yeah. book um <laughs> is there what was the hardest part for you to start getting into the books because I know you, I'm going to get you to talk about your background now as well, mm. because I think you're like myself that some people don't really, I didn't really apply myself at school. Um, no, I never, no. I thought, I thought reading was for nerds and that's me being hundred percent honest. Um, yeah. I just didn't value it at the time. So let have, what was your kind of background and how did you kind of get into it? Uh, so I, when I left school, I went and joined the Marines and then ended up having to leave the Marines because of an injury. After that, I got a sales job working in like car sales. And I kind of decided that I liked sales, but I hated selling cars. And my manager there was an absolute bell end. So I was like, right, 
I don't want to work with him. I ended up getting a job in a call center. And I think when you're in sales, it's a lot about like self-development. You watch like Wolf of Wall Street, everyone's there banging their chest and people think that they're going to be the next Gordon Gecko or Jordan Belfort. The only way that people, like the high performers, you see them reading these books, like sales books. So I started reading a couple of those. Like I, I read Jordan Belfort's book, The Wolf, like The Way of the Wolf and like the, the cheesy, cheesy sales books. And then I started going over to other types of books um, more for like me personally. And I picked up The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck because I'd seen it on so many people's stories, this bright orange book. It was almost like a cult classic by then. It definitely is now. And I just started, started I actually listened to that book um, to begin with. And it introduced to me about like a value-driven life. And then that just sent me down a massive rabbit hole of just re-evaluating everything I'm doing and why I'm doing it and like what I care too much about. And when anyone that's listened to or read that book knows, well, actually, apparently it's 50-50, if you like it or not. That's what happened was uh, on a poll on my Instagram. I didn't realize that. I thought everybody loved it. Um, but that's what kicked it off for me was Audible. Then I listened to David Goggins' book, listened to Why We Sleep. And I was pretty much just taking anyone that went on Joe Rogan's podcast, listening to their book. Like whilst I drove into work, I had like 45 minutes into work, 45 minutes out. And then I started going on walks on my lunch and listening to books. And I just got obsessed. So I was like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just start reading um, these books. And one of the first books I actually sat down and read, it was around the time of Brexit, um, no, it wasn't. It was something else that was going on. I think it was just a general election. And I read The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. And it was a tough book. Uh, really small words, lots and lots of pages, and very deep in the like sociological and psychological side of things. And I just forced myself to read it because learning, like learning is meant to be hard. There's there's no sort of shortcuts. It's like when you're in the gym, like it's gotta be difficult for you to make the gains. So I read this book and I just I just got addicted to it because I'd finished the book and I felt really good about myself because I hadn't read books since leaving school. And even in school, the only reason I'd ever read was be when the teacher points you out in English and says, like, oh, read this passage. And I quite like public speaking. So that's that was my chance to shine. But beyond that two or three paragraphs, I wouldn't bother reading the rest. I'd just sit there and listen to everyone else. That's yeah. You mentioned you. I know you've mentioned uh, Haig a few times on when on some other podcasts I was listening to, and kind of in advance of having you on. Like with difficult books, how do you kind of get through those? Because sometimes there are books. It's like there are they're either not hitting you at the right time, which I can mm. appreciate with the likes of Sort of not giving you fuck. But there is kind of like a if you want a less. A uh, course title for a book, Essentialism, is similar, but mm. it's a little bit more, a little bit more worded differently, and it's a little bit more focused on not saying fuck all the time. Um, yeah. So people might not want that, but they're very, very similar in their ideologies, mm. but they're very, very different at the same time. But it's 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 similar enough on that regard. How do you push your way through potentially a book that you're not enjoying? Will you put it to the side after a certain amount of pages, or will you just power through? It, it really do. I'd usually give a book a third of the way through to see if I'm interested just to give it a chance because sometimes you read a book the first chapter's absolute shit and the rest of the book's great or it gets really annoying when you get a third of the way into a book and it's a, just gets good and then it goes bad again but I 
now we'll just ditch the book and just come back to it later if it, it piques my interest. I've got um, Scar Tissue, which is Anthony Kiedis, the lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm about 200 pages into that, and I've been on that page now for about three months. But it's not that I didn't like the book. It's just at the time I needed to read something else that was going to benefit my life. So I just left it to the side. You can always come back to it. Um, but when it comes to pushing through, I think just give it a third. And then if you don't like it, put it down. You wouldn't sit down like a a whole movie. Or people people do. I wouldn't. I'd walk out if I really didn't like the film. Um, and I always find it strange when people are like, oh, I'm re-watching this to see if I like it. I'm like, hold on. You're going to re-watch something because you don't like it. And you want to see if you like it. Why Why are you forcing that? And, then and you it's say the same thing. Yeah, like don't don't force it. Just if you don't like it, work out what else in your life needs a little bit of spice, what you need to add to, and pick a book based on that. And then go into it how do you go about picking your books because you mentioned autobiographies there with uh, anthony from um red hot chili peppers how do you go about picking your books like is it like do you mi- try to mix it up between kind of like business books sales books mindset books or and autobiographies or how do you go about it so i haven't picked up a sales book or like a a business book per se for quite a long time um because I, i'm i'm not in that realm at the moment i don't intend on sort of going back to a full-time job um that isn't something run by me um so I've, I've avoided those books for a while but at the moment i'm just trying to keep it varied because like with the podcast let's say i've done 25 book reviews people won't want to listen to all 25 they might want to pick 15 and i've got to keep it varied just to keep the audience varied as it were so when i'm picking like an autobiography like shoe dog um the great book incredible book so good last year if you said oh read the um ceo of nike's memoir i'm like nah that's not going to help me that's going to push me forward um but there's something about like memoirs when you read like autobiographies or novels you're kind of taking on a journey with the author and there's a quote by benjamin franklin that's like um tell me and i'll forget show me i may remember involve me and i'll learn and when you're reading like novels and autobiographies you're really involved in the story and you feel the emotions of the character or the person that the book's about and i feel you learn a lot more actually from novels than you would from a non-fiction business book that's saying this is how you do it this is how you don't do this do that because when when people are told what to do some sort of feeling burns up inside them hold on i don't want to do that um but when you come to your own conclusions reading a novel or an autobiography you feel like you've cracked it because you're the one that's come up with that. So as soon as I realized that by reading some novels and reading some autobiographies, I was like, I need to vary my reading a lot more because these business books aren't the ones that are going to show me the lessons that I need from real yeah, life people. That, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'm delighted you men- mentioned Shoe Dog because I think when as someone who's self-employed, I was kind of like, oh, you look at Nike, you look at the likes of the big, massive companies and you think that they never struggled. Mm. But then you look at Shoe Dog's story, the deal, the dodgy deals over in Japan. Yeah. And then you look at what the way he's created, the, you don't see the, 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 the store, the background behind it, the family stuff he had to go through. And that made me think, well, right, I can actually do this. Yeah. And I was kind of like, that was my little epiphany. I was kind of like, right, I can actually do this. So it's funny what little stories kind of come into your head when you are reading yeah. and what little messages you take. If there was one message from any book 
And if there's one quote that you kind of implemented into your kind of life or your routine uh, since you started reading, what would it be? In terms of quotes, I don't know if there are any, but messages that I've taken from books. Um, recently, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig, in terms of novels, it's a, it's a book about, if, if I was to write it in two words, it would be no regrets. But it's such a beautiful story that it really makes you delve deep into the things that you think you regret in life. And it reframes that for you. And I think if you can genuinely live a life where you're not stuck in the past, regretting things that you've done and just being accepting of that, then you've got the secret to a happy life. It's really hard. But I think if I could recommend one novel to everyone, it would be The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And that's, that's the message that I took from it. That's a really interesting because I, I, I haven't read any of his stuff, uh, but I heard you mention it on uh, Mick's, Mick McDermott's mm. podcast uh, a, a lot. If you were to write a book yourself, what kind of book would it be? Would it be a novel? Would it be a kind of a, a memoir? Would it be kind of like a motivation thing or a mindset kind of book? And why would, why would you choose that kind of style? so for me the whole the whole mindset thing and, and people chucking out about having a positive mindset like i don't have one a lot of the time i have some weird unshakable belief that i'll do something good in life but i don't necessarily wake up every day and like yes let's go get it it's positive so it definitely wouldn't be a mindset book because i just about manage my own mindset i wouldn't want anyone else to have this one because it's, it's not a great place to be sometimes um but i've got i've got ideas for two books one's a novel uh one's a non-fiction and just the kind of no bullshit approach if i if i was going to give you a title it would be lessons from an ordinary life and if anyone steals that i'm coming for you because this podcast was recorded on the 21st of october 2020 <laughs> um and just because i've i've read a lot <clears throat> and although my life is quite ordinary i've had some entertaining things happen that i could write in quite a good way i've had some moderately devastating things happen that i could write about in a way that could help others that potentially go through a similar situation and that would be that for the non-fiction book if i was going to go for a novel um it would essentially be some stuff that's happened in my life but because i i get quite anxious quite a lot so my imagination comes from my anxiety and it's wild um so i'd basically take what's happened in my life and anything i ever imagined the future to be like putting that down on paper um and that I'm actually really excited to start like writing because I've got all the notes. I just don't have a clue how to plan a novel. Um, so I'm, I'm working on that. I've got, I've got the book for it. I just, it's not the right time. For I was going to, I've heard, I've heard some, but there is a book that is, that uh, will kind of give you the steps. I have it on my, on my notes on my phone. Like if you oh, go through my phone, there's like a, a, a list. I don't even know how long, many books. It's like, as soon as you read a book and they mention a book, you're kind of like, mm. you kind of just take a note of it. Um, You've mentioned there kind of about the anxiety and I like when this episode comes out, it will be kind of November, which is kind of Movember, the height of kind of men's mental health. Yeah. I know mental health is a massive thing for yourself. It's a huge yeah. thing for yourself. And I think that's why you're potentially um, had enough uh, to 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 get a bit of uh, vitamin D and a bit of sun and um, to look yeah. after your own health. What have you implemented in with yourself in order to kind of cope with that and what is there anything that 
I don't want to go too personal into it because I, I everyone's journey is different. Wherever you want, it's cool. Okay, so like I will just go. You, I'll just talk about mental health. What mm. things have kind of potentially triggered yours, and how have you coped with those? Um, and anything that any lessons from books or something like that that have kind of mm-hmm. latched onto to kind of implement and help yourself. Yeah. So for me, one of the main things that's helped me is therapy. Alongside that, I read around the type of therapy that I was getting. So I had acceptance and well, I have acceptance and commitment therapy. And there's a brilliant book by Russ Harris called The Happiness Trap um, that goes into all about the stories that you used to tell yourself. And, and one big thing that essentially made me depressed and made me feel anxious for the future was a story that I told myself that I was a failure because if I laid down the things that had happened in my life, I joined the Marines, didn't pass out the Marines because I got injured. I then went into a job and ended up quitting because I hated the guy. And then I went to college, didn't end up going to university. Like I smashed the course, but I then went and got a job in sales like just after college. And if I laid it all out, I put, all right, failed, failed, failed. I was kicked out of school as well. So there's all these different points in my life that I was like, well, logically, like I've failed. I'm quite accepting of that now. But before, I th- that was a crippling belief for me. I was like, I've, I've failed these things. I am a failure. And it was the language that I was using, like telling myself that story. It just, it just crippled me in my brain. Like anytime something came up where I felt some, someone was coming for me, that's what was showing up, is those feelings of I'm a failure. That story was then on repeat. And um, it was really, really tough to deal with. And it got to a stage where like the triggers were coming thick and fast. And I probably was giving it a good cry like three or four times a week, just out in public. I just I just couldn't, couldn't handle it, but I, I wasn't speaking to anyone about it. And then when I started going to therapy, I realized that this was just a story. So even now, if I was like, right, Ed, you were in the Marines and you didn't pass out. So technically you failed. I can I can say that now with a smile on my face and I, and I don't mind that as a story because everything that's happened to me has been absolutely necessary to get me where I am today and to get me on the current like trajectory that I'm I'm going on. Um but for me the the happiness trap by Russ Harris worked really well alongside the therapy because when you first start going to therapy it can almost feel quite intrusive if you're not used to opening up. So being able to come to these conclusions yourself, like I journal like mad whenever I have thoughts that come up, I'll write them down and I can look back later that day. I'm like, oh my God, Ed, what were you thinking? And I'll catch myself sometimes with these thoughts that could potentially be quite dangerous. A couple of weeks ago, I'd had a falling out with my parents and I was like, I'm a burden. And that was, that was a story. And I caught myself very quickly and I I wouldn't have been able to do that a couple of years ago. That would have sent me, but I've been sat on my bedroom floor having a good cry. Whereas now I can catch myself and I'm like, no, 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 change that. It's not the case. No one's told you that. And one of the most important things my therapist ever said to me was when I'm thinking about what other people think, she was like, oh, how many times have you been right? I was like, damn. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah, it is like I think mental health is a massive part of my journey as well. I can relate to what you said there about worked in sales and recruitment for like four or five years. Absolutely hated it. Got ill. I had a pity party for like a year 
had to kind of get out of the country and went to travel and found myself shaved the head and then started what I'm doing now. And it's the first time I've oh ever. Oh my goodness, we're the same. I know, I'm but I've left. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, I'll get there. Next break. Yeah, yeah. Join, us. Join us in the ball club. Um, but yeah, I think, I think what the therapy for, I think lads don't particularly like talking about things. No. I think when lads, some lads hear other lads talking about their feelings, they're like, oh, that's gay. Or that's like, yeah. it, it, it's real. Like you try to be macho, but from working with so many people and men, female, everyone has shit going on. Mm. It doesn't matter what stage you are, what age you are, whatever it is. There's something that's happened in your life that you're either holding on to. And there's a self narrative that as you've spoken about mm. that's potentially holding you back from being content being happy, whatever that looks like to you and letting you grow and live the life you actually want to. So many people, as you said, care what other people think, which was my biggest thing. That sentence mm. came to me and I was like, that was my epiphany. Mm. Um, and I think too many people latch onto these self-professing stories and don't necessarily, like if you look at kind of the studies of the terminally ill patients in hospitals and stuff like that, their biggest regret is not living the life they wanted to do. Yeah, And you're just like, there's there's proof in the pudding there those people are on the deathbed they've whatever age they are and they don't necessarily they've kind of they're, they're not happy with what what they've achieved like we're, i think this what the time that we're in now is definitely proven that we took a lot of shit for granted yeah definitely we took the gyms for granted yeah it's man took people, friends for granted people need to realize like and i like it sounds really cliche but like everyone is gonna die I, I recorded the podcast for tomorrow, yesterday. I don't know why I said it out like a riddle. Um, and people just seem to think that, like, they're, they're not going to die, that they're immune to death. And everyone in your life, like, the only person you're going to be with forever is yourself. And as soon as you can accept that everyone you love will leave you at some stage, whether they die or it's a partner and they leave the relationship or you leave them early like you're not going to be around these people forever so make the most of that and make the most of the time with yourself because you're the only one that's going to be there until the end and you also i think that's that's definitely the truth and i think what a lot of people forget is even if you're not like we are all going to die there's that's just mm -hmm. fact but yeah. i think what a lot of people forget is that even when you die you're still going to be in people's heads. You're still going to be mm. with the family. So why not try to make those memories? Why not try to make those yeah. times that you have with those and be present? That's the biggest thing that I've learned during lockdown is, and I think the last three books accidentally have been that message yeah. of being present, trying to stay off the phone and actually having a conversation with those that you want. Checking up on people, checking up is the wrong word, but kind of mm. popping a message saying, hey, mate, are you okay? I haven't heard from you a while. Yeah. Something as subtle as that can have a massive impact on someone's day they could mm. be like okay i actually need to talk to someone it's what bad. was it, what was the like for for you to go and talk to someone what was the epiphany for yourself that you were kind of like shit i actually need to go and do this because it's not an easy first step yeah um i, I can i come back to that because i have one more thing just to say on, on what we were saying before so there's a book called seven habits of highly effective people and when it comes to starting with the end in mind which is one of the chapters in that book 
when I was working uh, in sales, one of my managers said to me, he goes like, we're going to work out what your values are. So write your own eulogy, say that your, your funeral, you've died. What do you want people to say about you? You don't want people to say, oh, you left me X amount of money. It was well sound. You want to say like, we had like beautiful memories with this person. Like you spent so much time with them. Um, or if like it quite introverted, like I me, mean, like I don't spend a lot of time with like people that I care about, but when I do, it's always quality time. Um, so it's just making sure that at your funeral, people are going to say good stuff about you. I think that's always quite a nice, nice thought to have um, when you're thinking about like making the most of life. Um, you don't want people to say that, oh, well, he just bent over backwards for everyone. He didn't do anything. And he lived this life where he just went to work all the time and had no fun. I'd rather people be like, whatever age I die, I want people to be like, yeah, do you know what? He had a full life. Whether that's at, I'm 26 next month, at 26, whether I die at 60 or whether I die at 80. I want people to say that I had a full life. I don't want it to be like it was too soon. So I I'm, I always live by like, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to connect with people and I'm going to take care of my brain every, every day, no matter what happens, um, says that. But going back to my breakdown and my like epiphany that I needed to go to therapy, um, I was sat in my garden on like a middle of summer last year with my ex-girlfriend and she asked me how work was and I started to explain about how I'd pretty much had a panic attack and then I started crying and I, I didn't want to show her that I was crying and I was really trying to like almost like push the tears back in. And it was literally quite as simple as her saying, like, who do you think gives a shit if you cry? And I was like, I don't know, you might? Uh, the neighbours? I, I don't know. And she's like, no, like, no one cares. Everybody cries. It's just they don't want people to see it. And if you let people see it, they can see that you are upset. They can see what your feelings are. If you hide them, no one's going to know how you're feeling. So they won't know how to deal with you at that time um so for me it was just crying my eyes out in the garden to my girlfriend and being able to do that and having someone that facilitated that for me was a great thing um and then at that point i then went back into work and i opened up to my boss and and all of a sudden it became easier you start opening up to one person the next time you do it like through you get better at whatever you repeatedly do so if I'd had these conversations with people last year, I'd be sat here on the podcast crying. Whereas like, I, I'm so open about it now. I can speak to anyone about my mental health and, and I feel no shame and no embarrassment purely through practice and like repeating doing it. I'm not, I'm not going up to people. Oh, hi, I'm Ed. I cry quite often, um, quite often depressed, but I do try and have a lot of fun. I, um, it, when the conversation comes up, I'm more than happy to be honest about it because what you don't realize is when you're honest about it, it does inspire other people and it makes them feel more comfortable to be within your like circle of trust for them to open up to you. And they might be holding in something that is eating them up inside. And being responsible for getting that out of someone is an insane thing. Do you think enough is being done to help men and women? But I think because of the month that this is coming out, it's kind of like focusing on the men. Do you think enough is being done to kind of help men accept that crying is okay, accept that it's okay to not be okay? I think that saying is amazing, but I think it needs a little bit of tweaking. I don't know what to, but I think it's yeah. too generic for people to kind of latch on to. 
Uh, do you think enough's being done in that kind of realm, the education side of things? Nah, I don't think. I, well, everyone shares the odd thing on Instagram, but I don't think it's enough. Like it, it, it's nice that it's out there, but people see it, and then if their friend like is crying or their friend is upset, everyone's like, "All right, I'll check in on your good friends." They'll share it. They won't actually text them checking in. Whereas, like, whenever I'm like driving. I'll just try and think of someone random that I'm in touch with and then I'll send them a voice note and I'll just shout into the phone, obviously not when I'm driving, um, just like, right, it's Wednesday. I'm just checking in. What's going on? Honest answers only. And then just wait for that reply because for them, like they know that they're being thought of, even if they don't want to reply to that. So that's quite nice for them. And honest answers only, even when you say that, like it does tweak something in their head because it makes them think twice about that how are you question. And then if you get a response like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm like, yeah, well, what's going on then? That's not a feeling. Yeah. All right isn't a feeling. All right It's just a state of just... Bleh. Just being. Yeah. Whereas I'm, like, I'm quite all right being all right because I'm. it's better than what I was. But um, I always try and be honest with, with people when they ask me that question and try and encourage people to do the same. But I just don't learn and not enough is being done. You can see it in, in England. It's probably the same in Ireland. Like a lot of uni students like being locked up. Um, I had Ben West on the podcast recently. His 15-year-old brother committed suicide. And no teachers spotted the signs. And, and like he's a 20, 21-year-old lad who almost blames himself for his brother committing suicide. But it, it's a system that's been created that ignores this. And people talk about toxic masculinity as if it's like, women versus men and that's not how it should be like everyone needs to work together on this because it's not just like men that cry and it's not just women that cry and it's not just women that are emotional it's not just men that are emotional everyone does need to come together on this and like, i have a lot of friends that are girls i notice a lot of boys don't have that and i think varying your friendships like and getting some feminine energy in your life is really really important because we're not just 100% masculine energy, 100% feminine energy, like boys WhatsApp groups. It's a, it's a toxic place to be. I actually just left mine at the weekend because I was like, I can speak to all of these people individually. I don't necessarily like the conversations that go on in there. And it seems to be a bit of a toxic place. You're never going to go into a boys WhatsApp group and be like, oh, hey boys, like I, I feel really shit at the moment because you won't feel comfortable doing so but you could text probably each one of those people individually and say oh look i don't feel that great at the moment and you probably get a different response that's interesting that you brought in the kind of the the, the having the kind of the, the feminine energy because i think that is definitely something like we both have like lads girls have kind of both men and and, and female traits and stuff like that mm. that kind of come into play but i think for lads it's harder to lock into the feminine side of things because we're yeah. afraid of what other people are thinking. It comes back to that again. Yeah. Um, what would you, like, unfortunately during this, like I, the college system over in the UK, I saw those videos and pictures of the being cocooned into little uh, into mm. apartments and stuff like that, which I think is yeah. madness. Are, unfortunately, there are people who are going to commit suicide during this because their mental health the this isn't going to be around to the government because i just don't want that to happen yeah, but, yeah. um 
like the 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 the, the gyms was the one place and one outlet that people could be using for their mental health, and they just closed yeah, that. They yeah. just shut the door on it. There was what point zero eight five percent per one hundred thousand capita uh, people that caught COVID in a gym, mm-hmm. and it's like it that isn't the issue. It's mm-hmm. it, it's something else that they're just not acknowledging. What would you tweak to the system regarding mental health for for men and women in order to help more people um, that want to be helped, which I think is the biggest thing because some people, unfortunately, don't want to be helped. Um, and I think everyone's at a different level. Some people are at the, unfortunately, at the, the, the other end. Some people are at the kind of like, they're just having a shit time at the minute because they're, mm. they could be a little bit lonely um, with what's going on, which as, as Ed has beautifully said is you have a phone. It doesn't mean to scroll on it, but it does mean that you can reach out to someone with a subtle mm-hmm. text saying, I'm not okay. Can we have a call? Yeah. Yeah. People, um, well, people, people don't really do that. Like text. That's, that's a really fucking hard text to send. It's probably easier breaking up with someone via text than it is telling someone that you're not okay. <laughs> um, that's probably why so many people do it by text. But um, <laughs> the, the change in the system, like a, not to get political, but it's, it's funding. When was the last time you saw an advert that said, check in on your friends but you're seeing so many adverts on the telly on instagram it's just flooded wash your hands wash your hands people need to start washing their minds and like get rid of the shit that's like holding onto their brains almost like a tumor of like just bad thoughts and they're not being able to release those but every second they're being told to wash their hands it's it's just a case of funding but like fortunately for everyone in the world i'm not prime minister um, but that 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 would be my go-to thing to begin with. I I wouldn't have a have a clue, but I think funding, education is key. Um, spend some money on giving people books just to like give them that escape because when you're in that scroll hole and you're on your phone, all you're seeing is negativity. It exacerbates whatever feeling, even if you're not depressed. Like you can, you probably feel like you need to let out a sigh of relief when you put your phone down because of all the negativity that people see at the moment. Whereas, like, if people can just take out, like, half an hour a day just to sit there with a book, no distractions, chuck your phone out of your room and just get into it. I'd say novels, like, would be the key thing for people to get into if they don't really like reading because it gets your imagination going. It literally, it takes you out of your thoughts because you're almost watching a film in your head from what you're reading. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, the funding is is a massive massive thing and you can even see like the mental health charities are inundated with things coming mm, in yeah if you are struggling the one biggest piece of advice is if you are struggling mentally please do reach out but also i would try to avoid the likes of alcohol and the mm. likes of drugs they are yeah. literally going to exacerbate the the issue um and for so long i not that i was an alcoholic around like that but i was living someone else's life and alcohol was my outlet on the weekends um yeah, me too man and that was not a fun place i've gone the other way though i've done, I haven't drank in about four years uh, That's cool. nice how'd you feel for it it's it, like not waking up with that cotton wool taste in your mouth and the <laughs> the 
the headaches and feeling lethargic. And, Most yeah. people get cheesy chips. You're getting cotton wool after a night out. I'm not saying, <laughs> I just can't get my, yeah. Uh, if anyone is uh, drinking tropical Capri Sun frozen, that you're welcome. Have that as your hangover cure the next morning. That's your, that's your welcome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for the mental health side of things, I think a lot needs to be done. But I think at the minute, it's being put on a long, long finger that needs to be, I think, by a lot of governments. I don't think it's by only UK and Ireland. I think it's a lot of governments are putting it on. I think if you've got the likes of vitamin D and stuff like that, it definitely does help because you you, you listen to people who are over in Australia and you can, you can definitely feel their energy is completely different. Mm. And you feel that you can see the people who are potentially working in like coffee shops are happy with life, yeah. not degrading anyone that's working in a coffee shop. But you can that, see that will that. be my only job if I get another job. We'll be in a coffee shop in Bondi. That's that'll be it. Nice twenty hours a week, just serving coffee to people seven in the morning, just to take over. And maybe pay for a couple of t-shirts a month. I think that's like that'll be a good life for me. I think I'm, I'll, I'll be pretty happy with that. If I can I'm do like, the podcast think, and serve some coffee, like I think. I think so many people are caught up in the rat race and I think so many people have realized during lockdown that's like I've been I've had my wrong ladder against the wrong wall for so long mm-hmm. they're like I have been going into town or the city or whatever it may be to tap on a keyboard answer emails answers of someone else when I really should be kind of answering the questions that I want to answer yeah whatever those questions are um and people are so afraid it, it does get a little bit more complicated when you have kids I do agree yeah. with that but you also have to say to yourself, right, I have to look after me because if I don't look after me, no one else will. Yeah. Um, yeah. People it's, can uh, find their passions I, through books as well. Like if you read broad enough, like you'll find an idea and you might attach to it and that might just ignite the spark. That means that alongside your 40 hour job, you're going to do four hours a week of research on, on something that you're interested in. And over time, that four turns into eight and it doesn't feel like you're working at all. And then maybe in five years time, you can just stick your middle finger up to where you work and you've got a passion project that you can make some money with. You might have to take a pay cut, but I think it's when you're doing stuff that you enjoy, you kind of realize that the money doesn't matter to a great extent. And like, I I appreciate, of course, like I'm in, in a fortunate position um, where I'd saved up quite a bit to go traveling at, at the start of the year. So I've now to like fund this project of, of the podcast myself, but pe- people can start saving, put some, put something small away each month and start doing the research for it. Whether you, if you haven't got the money for it, try and get the knowledge and then maybe like the money will come at some point. And uh, someone shared something the other day and it was like, don't put off that starting that course at 29 because it will be like four or five years because you're still going to be unhappy in four or five years, whether you do the course or not. So you may as well try. And I think it's like Jim Carrey is like, I watched my dad fail yeah. at something he hated. I thought at least I'd try and fail at something I loved. It's interesting. You mentioned Jim Carrey because he talks, or I think it was Jim Carrey. And I think there was, um, Johan Harry talked about that. Like people always try mm. for money and Johan Harry, um spoke about that he's met loads and loads of billionaires over in like the likes of new york and england yeah. and stuff like that he's only ever met two billionaires that were happy the rest mm. of them were miserable they're being yeah. pulled left right and center and not living what they wanted to do 
Yeah. And I think you met the fun, it's funny that you mentioned the whole thing at 29. That's when I had my epiphany. Yeah. I was like, I was freaking out because I was hitting that magic three zero. Yeah. Uh, you're a good bit away from that yet. So you're fine. Yeah. We get uh, it, but I think it, it takes, it, it takes something for something to happen. And I don't want that to happen to someone. I don't want the whole, you having a breakdown. I don't want someone having to get sick. Like I had to, I don't want someone to have to do something like that, but sometimes you will learn more through the shit times than you will through the good times because too yeah. many people, we are a snowflake generation. Yeah, I, I hate I hate that phrase, man. Like I, I hate it as well. Obviously, there's a, there's a time and a place for that. I think when it's people that are getting easily offended by something they see online that they could easily just not look at, I think yeah, potentially a bit of snowflake. And then if they want to go out their way and then comment, "Oh, I'm offended," that I'm not just you're in control of whether you see that or not, and you're in control of whether you continue to see it. As soon as you comment, someone will comment back, someone will see it, and then you'll you'll keep going for that pain it's like they're addicted to that whereas like the snowflake generation people about like men being more open and stuff like that that's when when it needs to stop and i think there's there's just such a fine line about what that person defines and i think if someone is more susceptible to being offended or feeling anxious or feeling depressed as soon as someone says like snowflake they're instantly you know attached to it and and feel that sort of um offense as it were um, yeah, I think... but we definitely are. Like, we, there's no war. This pandemic is our world war. Like, and fortunately for us, none of our legs are being blown off, and we are fortunate for that. Um, but of course, it's a different time. We don't know what it's like to live back then. Um, no, but like, there's like the, no, but I think with what's going on, there was pandemics beforehand, and mm. like society kept going. Yeah, uh, the Spanish. Spanish flu, influenza, we had the famine here. Like there was stuff that happened and society kept going. And I think it is important just to if you can try to put one foot in front of the other each day. Mm. Yes, there'll be days you do not want to do anything. And that's okay too. But if you're gonna be trying to do nothing and then just putting scrolling on your phone, trying to intake someone's physique or someone's life, looking at them living a mm. life over somewhere else, and that's what you want to do you're better off putting something into action that if, and that's triggering you either block that person or, but, or I potentially blocking is the wrong word because that person's done nothing to you, but it's your own issue with what they're doing. Yeah. And I think you need to address that rather than potentially blocking someone. Yeah. I'd rather someone unfollowed me. Like when I get to Bali, than feel sad looking at me being there. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I think that, as long as they still subscribe to the podcast, I'm not bothered. They they just they don't have to look at me. They just have to listen yeah. to me. That's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I I get that. I didn't realize we were going to go off on. Uh, on yeah, that was health. a long long tangent. <laughs> yeah, but I think in the, I think in, I think it needed to be said. I think it's mm. been on our. I think it's both been on our minds for a little while. So, um, in relation to you mentioned kind of starting off with books and stuff like that. I was when you were saying that I was like, where would I start if I was kind of starting off reading books again? I'd probably start off with like Roald Dahl. Like go old school. I love I I love Roald Dahl. Um, he's absolutely brilliant. That's that was like the books I read when I was a kid. It was like Danny the Champion of the World, The Twits, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Really, I, I was, you started talking about imagination, and I was like, because I've got like my books above my head, mm. and then I know in the spare room there's like 
Roald Dahl, The Like a Skunk, which is by and like Secret Seven, which is by an Irish author. Mm. I was like, they, they're the kind of the ones that when I read when I was young, they were the best books. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, it seems to, I'm looking at the books now, they're kind of like health, fitness, mindset, mind, uh, yeah. business stuff. And I, I think I need to go back into kind of okay. the old school, the root of the, the root of it. You, as as an Irish man, you need to read Skippy Dies by Paul Murray. It is... My next one neighbor is called Paul Murray, so I don't think it's him. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, no, it's a pretty popular book. I imagine he's he probably lives in America or something like that now. Um, but insane book. Uh, it's about a group of teenage boys um, in, in like a boarding school in Ireland. And the writing style, which is something I never thought I'd ever say in my whole entire life, someone's writing style, it is fantastic. There's so many different styles of writing. There's so many different emotions that it evokes. Like one chapter, I was almost crying, feeling this person's heartbreak. And then at the end of it, I was pissing myself laughing and just ran down like stairs and like told my sister this joke that was in this book. And like just the emotional roller coaster is about 600 odd pages, um, but it's insane. Yeah, no, that that's like, I think when you find kind of one of those books that potentially a little bit left field to what you normally would read, mm. it's kind of... It's it's mad what little um, nuggets co- come into it. Um, I think one of the books that definitely uh, books recommending books is very very difficult to do mm. because everyone's at a different stage. I the the book that I've got two books above my head that definitely changed my mindset, which was the Monk Who Ferrari, which was mm. basically talking about the wrong ladder against the wrong wall, and yeah. you don't need money to be happy, all that kind of stuff. And then the other one was Man's Search for Meaning. I read that at the beginning of lockdown, and I was like. This is basically trying to survive lockdown. And I was like, mm. I read a set, I read his other book, Yes to Life, recently. And I was just like, fuck. That Vic, like, Victor Frankl has got another one. Oh, yeah. No. Yes to yes Life. To life. Uh, and that's the message he talks about is like the, 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 the meaning of life. And that's like the one of these questions that comes up. Mm. Uh, and he talks about the meaning of life is suffering. And I'm like, that is dark. But if you think about it, like we've, sp- mm. we've spoken about, it, it is what you learn through the shit times. And that's how you adapt to what you're trying to do. Mm. And from someone who has, if anyone doesn't know who Viktor Frankl was, Viktor Frankl was captured by the Nazis, put into a concentration camp. His wife and his kids died. He was sent around to, he was a psychiatrist or psychologist yeah. and was sent around to help to talk to people. And he, he, from talking to people, he knew when that person was ready to go. He knew when that person was just done with things. And then he, re- he went off and did loads of talks. He's read, writ- written books. They're like 150 pages books. So if you don't have time for 150 pages, you've got a serious issue. And even um, then, it's not even like the important bits, 150 pages. The actual story is only about 70 or 80, isn't it? Because like you've got the and intro. And then it talks about, his, talks about his therapy. So if yeah. you just want the story, it's like two hours of reading maximum, even if you're a really slow reader. Yeah, uh, it's it's... It's incredible that book uh, and logotherapy. I think you do courses in it as well. Mm. Uh, now, because I know I had someone on recently, he's doing that the the logotherapy uh, course at the minute. He's really really into the mindset. He's one of the the big mindset people here in Ireland. Okay. Um, who I think will be definitely good for yourself. If you were looking to get him on. Pat Divley is his name. Uh, he is literally a walking encyclopedia of quotes, and he's nice. incredible. He's just an amazing storyteller. Uh, he set books out as well. Um, if you like, you're going over to Bali. So it's not a deserted island. I hope, anyway. If you were going, if you were on a deserted island, what book would you bring, and why? Just one. Yeah. Um. 
I'd have to take some sort of Stoic philosophy book, and I think it would probably be Letters from a Stoic by Seneca. I haven't read it yet, or Med Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Like I'm, I've read like twelve, thirteen pages of that book, but it is just entry after entry of how to live a good life without the need for other people. And I think like Viktor Frankl, like a lot of his stuff is is based around like Stoicism and just be not even being able to control your circumstances but you can, can choose your attitude and i think if i was stuck on a desert island on my own for a while like i'd be so happy with that for about six seven weeks but then it would get tough um and you'd have to I'd turn into castaway yeah exactly like you'd have i'd have to learn to manage my mindset and i think stoic philosophy it's been around for longer than christianity and there's a reason for that um and i don't know why it's not more popular if i'm honest yeah, like it's, it's. Uh, I don't know what I would choose if I was being one hundred percent honest. Um, I think, as you said, probably be like four to six weeks of kind of like, mm. I the one book that's definitely helped me with the kind of stoicism side is the Daily Stoic because it's not mm. really a book. Yeah, it's like really you open up, I you open it up. My, my I annoy my clients so much. Like if they'll be like Shane, shut up about the Daily Stoic. What yeah. uh, it's one of those books you open up and it's like that that if you open up on a page or any page it's mad that that has either happened or has you're feeling that way about something and you're like oh, fuck so i i went to portugal last month and when i just booked my flight so i'd, I'd been a bit depressed for about like a, a couple of weeks like it comes in waves for me like i don't like a three four week cycle i'm currently in, in my third week so i mean it might, it might be around the corner next week but who knows i'm, I'm hoping not um, and I just booked my flight to Portugal because I wasn't happy at home. And then I opened up the book and it's like, the best retreat is in here, not out there. And it was just on about how like, don't search for peace outside. Don't think when you get to X place, you'll feel in Y way. It's about going inside. Oh, and I read it and I was like, damn it. Have I just wasted money going to Portugal? And of course I hadn't wasted money booking the flight to Portugal. But I needed to see it on that day just to realize it's like, yeah, of course, Ed, your issues aren't where you are geographically. It's it's where you are mentally. Yeah, it's kind of like that I'll be happy when thing that kind of comes in for a lot of people, particularly with kind of the weight loss clients that I work with. They're like, I'll be happy when I'm 10 kg down. I'm like, no, you won't. You may have a little bit more energy and you may feel a little bit better, but I guarantee there's uh, something underlying that you're kind of like mm. i know myself i was like oh, i'll be happy when i have abs and i was like when i got them i was like this is fucking miserable yeah this is just not it's this is just not fun <laughs> so it's just like like i just i enjoy ice cream too much yeah uh and that's you don't my, drink my... so you get extra calories as well man i'm the same i don't all for the ice cream because i love maltesers <laughs> yeah so rather than drinking i just drink ice cream it's yeah. uh it, it, it's replaced that's what you have to do you can't you can't get rid of an old habit you have to create a new one exactly um um how you you started the podcast as well during lockdown mm. i know myself when i first started the podcast i was like is anyone going to listen to this um what was the biggest thing for yourself why you started it what was holding you back and what what have you learned from doing it i'm very very impulsive so if i have an idea i'm doing it um and <laughs> I, I had the idea when I was in Bali and I was speaking to Diran in March and he just looked so happy from like chucking this podcast out. I'd listened to it. It was good. I seen him. He was beaming. He's quite a positive guy anyway. But this is like when I've, I'd first met him out there and he was just like 
Yeah, bro, it's sick. Yeah, it's sick. It's sick, it's sick bro. It's sick. You've got to do it, man. If, if you're thinking about it, you've got to do it. And I was like, yeah, do you know what? I will. So I got home and I was like, right, I talk to people about books all the time. Like, it was getting annoying for everyone that I knew. So I was like, how can I maintain friendships with people that I try and spit books at all the time and still manage to get my fix of talking about books? And I was like, I'll tell you what, I'm going to chuck it out on the internet. And I've always had this feeling like, I hate working for other people. And I saw that Tim Ferriss gets like 54K for an ad on his podcast, like for a 30 second ad. And I was like, well, so it's possible. It's like, it would take a long time, but it is possible. And I was like, stuff that I say on this podcast could potentially ruin my chances to get another job. And that kind of excited me <laughs> because this way I get to be 100% myself. There's nothing anyone can say about me that I probably haven't said already in the podcast. And I just, I like that excitement of just being myself completely. And it really does allow you to express yourself. And that's the thing, like, there's nothing I won't talk about on the podcast. I've, I've, I've had to go down to my parents. It's improved my relationships with everyone by starting a podcast and being honest on there. Like, I had to go down to my parents one day and I was like, look, a couple of years ago, I went to Amsterdam and I took some mushrooms and I wet myself. Um, so I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. You would have heard it then, but I'm telling you now. Um, and then that kind of slowly turned into me having more in-depth conversations about loads of other stuff with my parents that I hadn't been honest about before. So, yeah, I just like, I, I love this, like, it's liberating being honest about everything because there's nothing anyone doesn't know. There's, yeah. there's a few bits but I'll probably talk about it one day on the podcast. I find it like an almost a therapy thing mm -hmm. in that you kind of like, when we were talking there about mental health, I hadn't thought about some of those things for quite a while or else I'd written them down probably a couple of months ago when I was doing yeah. the journaling. And I was like, it's funny what your trigger is when you're kind of talking. Mm. And it is it like when I first started, I was like, oh, no one's going to listen to this. But it's funny what you sometimes don't even, it's just a, it's just a sentence you say, what people will catch up on and how it impacts on someone else's life yeah and that's the bit i still struggle with yeah. i turn into an awkward turtle if i get any praise oh, i'm so bad i'm really really bad but isn't it lovely when someone sends you a message that and like you've genuinely inspired them because like i'm, I'm not getting any money from the podcast just yet and i i'm purely feeding off people's feedback and and that's fantastic I know the money will come and I, and I have some, like I said earlier, I have some weird belief that it'll come. Whatever avenue it comes in, like it'll come to me at some stage. But when I get a message from like a 19 year old lad, because boys don't message, girls, they're, they're quick to message. If I get a message from a 19 year old lad, he's like, oh, Ed, thanks so much for um, talking about this stuff on your podcast. Like I've done X and Y because of you. And they're like, how mental is that? Someone's done something because of me. And like, if I knew that at 19, I'd be thanking someone as well. That's probably one of the best things that's come from the podcast is just like, one, it's liberating. I get to be honest about everything and it's made my relationships improve with everyone that I want to maintain a relationship with. Some people have seen a different side of me that they don't necessarily agree with, but that's, that's me. So they can go. I'm not bothered about that. Um, it's interesting that you've mentioned there about kind of that some people think that you act differently when you're behind a microphone compared to mm. 
you face to face. I've had that as well. I've had bite back from some people, but what I've tried to do is like almost have like an inner circle of mm-hmm. kind of saying, say if there's an idea in my head for a podcast, and I'll only do this very, very rarely. I'll be like, send someone a text. They'll tell me straight away it's a shit idea, or else that's a really, yeah. really good idea. Yeah, or fluff it up a little bit. Yeah, I very rarely do that. I think I've done it for two episodes, and like this is episode, I don't know, one twenty or something. Yeah. So I've only ever done it twice. But it's interesting that there's also people who have come out of the woodwork. So I wasn't potentially the most outgoing person in school. I was very mm-hmm. awkward. Uh, and some of the messages coming back from those people who potentially made life hell for me in school mm-hmm. have come back and said, fair play for doing this X, Y, and said, not that I need their validation. Yeah, but it's nice. It's, people, you never know who's listening. People have said all the time, like I, I've had this quite a lot. People are like, oh, this is well gay what you're doing. And I'm like, firstly, let's cut that shit out straight away. And secondly, fuck off. And um, then there's other people like, oh, I feel like you've lost the plot, mate. And but well, have I? Because I really feel like I found it. It's like I'm actually being me now. There's a lot like people put on this front, this facade for people when they go out. You know, when you like you used to go out and you'd feel awkward before you had a few drinks. I can go out. I don't feel awkward at all now because I'm just being me 100%. And I'm so comfortable that if someone says that, oh, you're gay or you've lost the plot, I'm like, mate this is me like i'm not asking you to like this you don't have to like me it's it's not a case of that. and i i feel like i i do quite a lot for people and if people aren't going to like that that's that's cool there's seven billion people in the world we don't need to waste our time with people that are gonna you couldn't you literally couldn't give a second of your time to every person on the planet without dying and we will die yeah. as we've with, as, yeah, yeah, yeah we've covered we've covered that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's funny what little what triggers people when they hear something that mm. some keyboard warrior, keyboard Andy or Karen, Karen gets an awful fair mm. unfair rep that they they will they'll get something <sighs> they'll they'll get something from something you've said and they'll be like that's completely wrong or why mm. have you why are you in a position to say that? Yeah. It's like everyone has an opinion. Yeah. But you can't have an opinion without being able to talk about both sides. Mm. I think people are, especially at the minute, there's being pulled left, right, and center. Yeah. And then you've got like potentially in Ireland, you've got both sides of Ireland as well. And there's different ideologies in both. One's being ruled by the UK, one's being ruled by the Republic. So it's it, the yeah. different ideologies, but it's about finding something that realistically kind of sticks to your values and i think that is ultimately what a lot of people do struggle with is finding one finding a value and then implementing that value into what they want to do they're too busy dictating or getting dictated by societal dictations or societal yeah. norms whatever societal norm is i don't even know what normal no. is anymore no boring is what it is <laughs> shit crack it's <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a thing about just doing fun things, I think, for me, is is the main thing. And I think as we get older, we stop doing things that we find are fun. Fun is going out and, and like, boozing for people. Whereas, like, real fun, it's like, like yesterday, I got up at half five, and I did all my morning routine, and then I went and surfed at, like, seven in the morning for first light. And I'm dog shit at surfing. I'm terrible. But I stood up twice. I was in the water for an hour and a half. Like, that was fun and you get a sense of achievements like 
I always say to people, just start something new. I've started so many new things this year. It's just trial and error of what you're going to enjoy. Um, and I'm, I always just try and tell people to have fun because they forget as you, as you become an adult, you forget like fun is brilliant. And it sounds like a really simple thing to say, but I guarantee there's like loads of people listening. Like I want to ask like, when was the last time you did something for pure enjoyment for play? Because when you do stuff like that, it boosts your creativity. Like we're talking about essentialism. Like there's a whole chapter dedicated to that. And is, is it a Roald Dahl quote at the start of that chapter? I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the book above my head, I could find it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just so important to one, like start something new, get better at something new and like enjoy it. Make sure you're enjoying it. Don't just start something new for the sake of it. Start something that you think you're going to enjoy. Um, yeah. That I... is the problem with society is they're not doing things for pure enjoyment that aren't focused around some sort of escapism in terms of like alcohol or stuff like that yeah i think too many people are watching other people having fun oh yeah that's not fun either that's terrible that's terrible you're, you're you. aggravating yourself you're you're not helping yourself like if you have if someone like fair enough people are living their lives and you can't be angry for someone else trying to live their best life yeah um it's interesting you talk about the fun thing i had never done kayaking or uh, paddle boarding before and i wouldn't have never done it if it wasn't for lockdown what's the most mm. random thing that you've done to most random thing for enjoyment that you've done since uh, this year oh man i've done loads of things so i started skateboarding at the start of the year oh wow um that stung a few times i started sea swimming um that is more because I'm scared of it. I'm actually terrified of the water. I I just worry about what's in there and I have a real like loop of what's in there. I went sea swimming, in a, uh, not sea swimming in a lake. I went open water swimming in a lake and all I could think of was that oh, stupid, shitty film with Jennifer Lopez, Anaconda, when they're in the Amazon <laughs> and these snakes, I couldn't see like a foot in front of me and I was trying to think of the Ross Edgley book that I read and I was trying to draw inspiration from that. I did about 800 meters. I just had to get out. I, was, I couldn't do it. And like, yesterday when i was surfing i was almost getting sucked into the pier i've got like a big gash on the bottom of my foot where i had to like kick off the pier because the water was taking me and i had to go and sit out for like 10 minutes to to really get me like water is as much as i love being in the water i am terrified of it and that's kind of why i do it um but the most random thing i bought a ukulele are you playing it yeah i've never yeah yeah i didn't just buy it it's not just that there um I've never picked up an instrument before in my life. I used to, when I was like seven years old, play piano. I used to go around this woman's house that smelled like fags and incense and just like tap on a, on a keyboard. But um, yeah, I started playing the ukulele and I can play Still Dre by Dr. Dre. I can play a bit of Jason Mraz now, um, bit of Jack Johnson, bit of Coldplay. And there's something nice about just sitting there and getting better at something through practice. Trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's, jiu-jitsu as well, actually. Everyone needs to do jiu-jitsu. I can't believe I've forgotten that. I started that like two years I've ago. I've had so many. I had Paul Moore on and he was just yeah. like, because he, he swears by it and I've had Darren on and he swears by it. So there's definitely a link. Uh, when you can touch people again or give massive hugs, yeah, go back mm. to jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, Ed, where can people find out about the podcast? Where can people find out about yourself on social media? Best place would be on Instagram, so it's at a need to read with the number two and not the word. But if you're probably already on the podcast apps right now, just chuck in a need to read, a need to read with the word two, not the number, 
and just click follow or subscribe and then uh that's 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 the best place to find me any questions that you have on wednesdays i do like a book prescription thing on instagram so give me a problem i'll give you a book it's uh, like it, some of the guests that uh, Ed has had on so far. He set the bar pretty high at the beginning. Um, <laughs> not gonna lie, uh, but like, he, like seriously, guys, if you haven't got some sort of message about kind of reading, or if you don't want to pick up a book, I think you're a schmuck. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think I think you need to like, especially especially now, like we're potentially in lockdown 2.0, and if you can even set yourself aside. 15 minutes in the morning mm. most of the time if you try to say you're going to do it every day it's like trying to go on a diet you're not going to do you're not going to go to the gym every day if you go three times a week or four times a week and try to do that it's what you do over time what will stand to you i guarantee you'll start to learn more you'll have more interesting conversations you don't know where your mind's going to go you may even start a page like ed you may even find something that you may want to start your own podcast you may have to find something that may may work with you on your mental health uh, you don't know what you're going to do you're probably stunting your own mental growth from potentially not reading i would say uh ed i cannot thank you enough for being so honest being so humble and please keep doing what you are doing at the minute um and yeah like guys please do tag ed and i up on your stories leave a review up on itunes yes share it share 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 um ed thank you so much for coming on no thanks for having me man it's been great